What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. Thursday, January 27th, 7.41 p.m. is the time we're recording, in case anybody cares. This is going to come out on Friday anyways, because I'm not staying up late to this tonight. Mm-mm. No, no, Lucas no. here with you. Tyler as well. Cameron is enjoying the sunny state of Florida. And not just the sunny state, the warm state of Florida. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm most jealous of right now is the warmth he has there. So. Cameron, I mean, you got out of the podcast two weeks in a row. You dog. I mean, we got our own little heat wave of 20 degree weather today. So. I'll tell you what, that felt great today. <laughs> it was awesome. It was it felt like awesome. negative 18 yesterday. I was filling my car up with gas and I had to take my glove off to, to insert my credit card. Oh, my hand was chapped after two seconds. <laughs> I need it's that motion. Water. <laughs> right. Uh, Tyler, how are you doing? Hey, you know what? We're recording so late because I had a basketball game to coach tonight. Yep. A basketball game to coach. Coach Ty. Yep. Came back and won tonight. That's what's up. And uh, I'm exhausted. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've got a lot of content to go through t- tonight, so <laughs> better find I, some energy I, for that. I'm going to, I, I will find as much energy as I can, but I got to, I'm leaning on you. To like I got you. Lob I got me you. Up, lob me up and I can come down and, and bring it back down. But it, that, that game coaching, coaching takes a lot out of you in general. Oh, yeah. but when it's a comeback, right. You become like, everything's the, invested. Yeah. You are, you are the motivator. You are the strategist, everything. And, uh, it was good to just get the X's and O's right. 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 I'll take that. I'll take it as my, you know, my little personal win that my X's and O's got us the victory, but it's not about me. It's about the kids. So uh, that, that's a statement of a true champion right there. So someone get this man an NBA contract right now. Steve right now, assistant. I'll go, I'll go coach in Indiana because Lord knows they can't play basketball. No, anymore. they can't. <laughs> they really can't. Oh, <laughs> I feel like, okay, I'm going to make this quick because while we're on the topic of basketball, I got something I need to get off my chest. Okay. (laughs) The NBA needs to remove fan voting immediately, or they need to reduce the percentage to like half a percent of the vote because you cannot tell me that Andrew Wiggins deserves to be an all-star starter, not just a reserve, a starter. I, I I am outraged that I know box score stats aren't everything. Like you look at Devin Booker's box score stats and there's a lot of the times it's like, you know, it'll be like 26, five and two, right? And you're like, oh, well that, but Devin Booker impacts the game in a totally different way than Andrew Wiggins does. You look at Andrew Wiggins box score. I put, I put a tweet out about it. I got to go find the box score stats now. Uh, I know this is a football podcast, but I look, we're Minnesota sports fans here. Uh, it, it is awful. Uh, Andrew Wiggins on the season is averaging 18 uh, points uh, on a 48% field goal percentage. which isn't terrible. Um, only four rebounds and two assists a game. <laughs> and that man's an all-star starter. Do you, do you real quick, do you want to hear Anthony Edwards' stats so far this year? Uh, I guarantee they're better than Andrew Wiggins'. 
He averages 22 points a game. Yep, beats Wiggins. Five rebounds. Beats Wiggins. Three steals. Okay. One steal. Wait, three three assists, you mean? Yeah, three assists. My fault. Three assists. One steal. And almost one block. Abomination. An absolute abomination. (laughs) That Andrew Wiggins is an all-star starter. I... I'm beside myself. Devin Booker, the guy that you mentioned earlier, ready? Here's just 25 points a game. Yep. Five-ish rebounds. Right. 5.6, so let's round up. Six rebounds. Four assists. Oh, he's up to four assists even. Wow, good for him. He was like a two-assist guy earlier in his career. (laughs) He was the main scoring guy. Now he's actually passing the ball a little bit more. But, yeah, like 25 Six, four, and a steal a game. Nowhere to be found. I just we have to get fan voting out of here. I half a percent of the actual vote. Abomination. Now that that's off my chest, we need to talk football because we have a lot of football to talk. Uh, it do. has been a busy week. Uh, we were only only one podcast this week, right? Uh, so last we released was a week ago. Well, today that you'll be hearing mm-hmm. this. Um, so let's just fly through it. News and notes from around the league. Tom Brady strongly considering retirement. Are you surprised? Yes or no? No. Um, I, if I'm going to be completely honest, I think he's using the family excuse as a cover up for the fact that Everything is going to fall apart in Tampa. Leftwich is probably gone. They got so many guys on expiring contracts. I think he's in a Roger spot where he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. And he's just taking the, I've been away from my kids for so long. Like, okay, sure. I get it. Right. But at the same time, just man up and just say, I, I I don't want to do it. (laughs) He's 45. What else does he need to prove? They can win a Super Bowl by the age. They can win another Super Bowl before 50. I mean, there's always something to prove, right? But, like, I look, I'm not surprised. I think Brady could hang it up, and I would be extremely satisfied. I would miss him greatly. I am one of the biggest Brady fans that people have met in their lives. I'm not going to be surprised if he retires, though. Um, he's had a great career. He's had the greatest career of all time. Uh, I love that man. I love that man. So He's your dad. He's my dad. That's what I always say. Look at my dad out there on the field, guys. Look at my dad out there on the field. So, yeah, Brady stepping away. Um, well, stepping away. We'll get to that in a second. But Brady retiring, uh, I don't think it's that big of a surprise. So, next piece of news, obviously, well, I just said, <laughs> mentioned Tom Brady stepping away. Uh, he may not step away. But Sean Payton is stepping away from the New Orleans Saints. Uh there was whispers about it. I wasn't sure how much gravity they held, but it turns out they, they, they held a lot of gravity. Uh, so Sean Payton taking uh, some time away from football by the sounds of it uh, said he really wasn't, didn't, didn't plan on coaching in 2022. I don't know how much we need to, to give there. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in the second half of our podcast here. Well, I shouldn't say second half in the bulk of our podcast, but uh, that Saints, that Saints team, takes a hit that's that's pretty obvious and i think that's all we really need to say there um and honestly from john payton 
may, may it have been a calculated uh, time to step out? Maybe. Um, that team does not look great going into the 2022 season with no quarterback, uh, abysmal cap situation, running backs that can't stay healthy, Mike Thomas having not played football in two years, essentially. A little calculated would be my guess, but also I, I, I can't say I blame the man either. He's done more than enough for that franchise. Yeah, I, I when you think about all that Sean Payton has gone through, right, from Bounty Gate to always being a game short, no matter what's happened, whether it's Minneapolis Miracle, the pass interference that wasn't, or that that never wasn't. was. That never was, yeah. <laughs> that never was, because it was, but it just wasn't called. It wasn't called, uh, right. Right. Um, like he has those kind of moments and you would have to think that like you just can't take many more of those right and especially when you have the roster that he had you could tell that like he wasn't really enjoying it yeah I, I he's under contract through 2024 I believe so you th- I'd like to think he'd be back next year, maybe. Just needs kind of a year to just be like, you know what? What matters to me most in life? Yeah. I, I just wonder how long it'll take for people to realize that it won't be back in New Orleans. Like I don't know if it will be. Yeah. I'd like to think it would be, but I don't know if it is. I would I would hedge my my bets that he would go elsewhere if he's coming back into the league. You right. don't to me, if it's not necessarily that bad of a situation, but if he really wasn't enjoying his, you know, his time and his job in that area, in that community, why go back? Why go back? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. So I good. I, I feel like I'm not, I feel like there's probably two sides you could take. It's like Sean Payton, what are you doing? But there's also like, good for you, Sean Payton. And I feel like I'm more on the like, good for you. Like you're just, you're, you're, you're doing it. You're doing your thing and you don't really care what anybody is saying about it. Well, and, and, and the big thing with the Saints is a cap space, right? That's going to be the biggest right. puzzle to solve this coming off season for the Saints. And he was a casualty of it, right? Like, yep. I don't like, obviously you look at the coach first, right? Just because that's the product in the field and the coach is responsible for it. I, I I can't blame him at all for stepping away because that would not be an enjoyable situation for any coach to go through. Not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, I. He'll be back. Just a matter of uh, when, not if. I think so. Uh, last piece. Well, not, not the last piece of news, but last piece of news before we get to a uh, list. I'm just going to rattle off Big Ben. Big Ben calls a career in the NFL, officially retires. Uh, and the only thing I have to say to that is hats off to you, sir. Uh, not a career we may all have agreed with or decisions that were made throughout the career that we can agree with or condone. But we can say is that Big Ben will go down as one of the well, a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And he never saw a losing season in Pittsburgh. He's a winner. He's a winner. I think those are the things you say about Big Ben, and I and I tip my hat to you, sir, on an on a excellent career. 
if, if there's some sort of relief that I feel. Oh, there's there, there's relief. There's relief after after this season. There's relief. <laughs> well, because we saw it, I guess you know, because we when we were going through divisional previews like way back in like the summer, right? Yeah, we were all in agreement that like, yeah, Ben should have retired like a like a year or two Before ago. Before like, 2020, right? <laughs> right. Like he, he should have retired a long time ago, and you can't help but just feel like. He doesn't have to, you know, <laughs> it's not a, uh, it's not a struggle to get on the field for him anymore. Right. Like it, it's, he can just relax and enjoy retirement. He doesn't have to uh, force himself to go back on the football field. I a hundred percent agree. Uh, he's going to enjoy retirement. He's going to enjoy retirement. I think the, the, the everyday grind of football definitely was getting to him. So uh, big Ben, we, we tip our hats. We applaud you on, on an excellent NFL career. So. Thanks for all you've done for the game and uh, the enjoyment you brought fans. All right. There's been a lot going on in the head coach and GM category in the league. So we I quite literally, I'm just going to blow through this list. I'm probably not going to pause um, except to insert a little comment or two, maybe. Um, but we have a ton of content to get to for the second half. Well, for the bulk of the podcast. So, oh boy, let's start with GM. New York Giants hired Joe Schoen. The Bills is their GM. It's good news. Uh, Chicago Bears hire Ryan Poles from the Chiefs as their GM. The Vikings hire Quesi Adolfo Mensa from the Browns as their GM. Uh, those are three home run hires, if you ask me. I think I think that's a, all three of those franchises got exactly what they wanted. I think they all I think they all hit a home run. I think they all nailed it. Head coaches. We finally have some movement on the head coaching front. Uh, this morning, Denver Broncos hired Green Bay's offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett as their head coach. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Denver confirmed, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> not to get that blunt. I mean, there's a lot of hoops to go through there, but um, they claim there was no calculation of trading for Aaron Rodgers in that. And to that, I say that's a load of crap. Um, <laughs> I call bull crap. I call bull crap. I, I, they can say what they want. I look, okay, that, I, that, that makes it sound like I take away from Nathaniel Hackett as a head coaching candidate. I do think he'll be a good head coach in the NFL. I think he probably deserved a head coaching position. It just makes too much sense that he went to Denver in a time they're looking for a quarterback because John Elway can't draft a quarterback to save his life. He could trade for one. Uh, he's really good at that, but uh, I, I, he could not draft one. I guarantee you he would rather just draft himself than really – any of the other quarterbacks like in any other draft Draft drew lock all over again (laughs) yeah no i uh i think there's a little bit of Aaron Rodgers calculation there but uh oh mo the guard dog the guard dog (laughs) (laughs) we love mo but yeah uh broncos hiring to hack it uh as their head coach gives gives a boost to that offense which i think that offense desperately needs uh chicago bears Hire Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus as their head coach. Chicago. What in the world? <laughs> What's going on? I don't. Like, you had I, a part of me thinks this is because oh, we'll, we'll get to this piece of news in a bit. I'm actually going to spoil this piece of news. Uh, I think I think it's because Dan Quinn came out and said he's not taking a head coaching job. I think their first choice was Dan Quinn. 
I'm uh, with and, you. <laughs> and I, I know I originally said on our podcast last week that uh, I thought Jim Caldwell should go there. Uh, he actually was in the building yesterday <laughs> and they went ahead and hired Eberflus today. Um, so I think, and I, and I had changed my mind over the course of the next week. I really thought about it and I'm like, why wouldn't they hire Dan Quinn with all the defensive pieces they have on that team? But uh, ultimately decided to go Eberflus as their head coach, uh, like a B minus hire. I don't, I'm not excited about that head coaching choice at all. I don't think it was a bad choice, but I also like, he was not a name brought up. Well, he was brought up in a few other places um, like Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville, they, uh, they seem likely to hire Byron Leftwich now after both Hackett and Eberflus are off the market. They, those were kind of their three finalists. Um, sounds like it could be a rocky road across the finish line though. It seems inevitable though. And I kind of always thought this from the beginning that it just seemed that that Jacksonville just, they need the revenue, right? I know they want to develop Trevor and I know Byron left, which was a quarterback in the NFL. I don't know why you like, I Doug Peterson has just kind of fallen out of like existence. Like, I don't know what's happened to Doug Peterson in these coaching conversations. He's just kind of disappeared and everyone thought he should get a job. And I kind of said from the get go, I don't know if it's his time yet. I thought he'd be perfect in Jacksonville, but it sounds like left, which is the guy there now. Yeah. To put us, you know, the specifics on the bumpy road to the finish line. Apparently it's that left, which doesn't want Trent bulky as his GM. I don't blame him. So I don't blame him at all. There, there's a very real possibility. Um, Jacksonville may not have a coach going into training camp because I don't think many other coordinators want to deal with Trent Baalke as their GM. Get Doug Peterson in there. That guy just needs a job. That's where I'm at. I'm convinced he'll just take a job at this point to get back into the league. But yeah, I, I can't blame people for not wanting Baalke as GM. He's not good. He's not a good general manager. He's got to be next to go next year, but that's a whole year ahead. Uh, already talked about Dan Quinn telling teams he's planning on returning to Dallas to try and win a championship with them. Uh, also seems like that case for Kellen Moore as well, um, which is interesting. But also doesn't surprise me because he wasn't getting a second round a lot of places. He interviewed a few places, but it sounds like he wasn't getting a second round many places. Yeah, I. it's this is year two. I shouldn't say of head coaching interviews, um, but this is the second year where like his name has just been in conversation of head coaching and either Kellen Moore goes through interviews with each team and each team is like, I was not expecting what he gave us in that interview. Right. Like, I don't know if it's media. I don't know if it's coaches in the league that are giving him a good rep, but like there seems to be this realization now in front offices that maybe Kellen Moore isn't as great as we thought Kellen Moore was right. Like, yes, this offense, what they average the most amount of points a game this year. Yes. They were the highest scoring offense this year. Yep. Most yards too. It just, this is the probably the most curious one just because it kind of came out of nowhere. You thought going into the playoffs, you're like, Kel Moore will probably get a job somewhere. 
And now all of a sudden everyone's like, ah, never mind. No, we're, we're good. We would, you know, we would rather deal. We would rather hire Leslie Frazier. Ugh. Vomit. Yeah, the guy who plays the guy who plays protect the sideline with 13 seconds left when Kansas City has all three timeouts. Oh, Uh, give me a break. (laughs) Give me a break. Literally said it live during the broadcast. Why are they playing sideline defense? They have all three timeouts. Yeah, I I I just with Maybe Kellen Year need or Kellen Moore needs one more year of experience. But what I think he should have done, you remember last year when Boise State was wanting to wanting him as their head coach. Yep. Kellen Moore should have taken the Boise th- State job. I think he should have just. I think so. I think so. I think he'll still be a fine offensive coordinator in the NFL. I think he has a great offense he's working with there in, in Dallas. He'll be just fine. But yeah, to to get that. I think the next hoop for him to get a head coaching job, I wonder if it would have been better for him to go to Boise State, try and coach his way into a head coaching job in the NFL. Oh, where are we at? Las Vegas Raiders. This one kind of came out of nowhere and talks to hire Josh McDaniels. It's our next head coach. I don't know how close this is to being completed. I think this has ties to hiring uh, Patriots. uh, Goodness. Vice president, not vice president of operations. Um, uh, can't remember what gosh can't remember the name for the life of me I, I didn't put in the notes uh this is looking like a, a patriot stack that might occur in vegas now which is super fascinating uh i don't know how close this is uh getting done to happening but uh something to be able to something to watch out for there is uh josh mcdaniels potentially uh leaving new england for the vegas head coaching job which that's an that's an attractive head coaching job right now i think more than people want to admit yeah, I, I I think it's attractive in some cases just because you do have a competent quarterback with Derek Carr, right? You're not dealing with some sophomore rookie quarterback that had a rough rookie year or anything like that. You're you're getting a guy that led a team, more so his offense, to the playoffs in an incredible year that they probably they had no business being a part of, right? Right. You got that, you've got young pieces kind of scattered around that team. Um it, it like you said, it is it is a more it is more of an attractive job than unattractive job. But I find it so weird that they're going that it's Josh McDaniels, right? Like, I yeah, he's done well in New England, but that's also because part of his tenure he had Tom Brady, part of his tenure he had Randy Moss, right? Like. He's had good weapons and good pieces to use. And I'm not saying that Vegas doesn't have any good weapons, but it's it's not it's what not am I trying New to England. say. It's not New England. Yeah, it's not New England. Let's just so, say it as it is. It's not New England. It's not New England. So I, who knows if McDaniels, you know, just wows him in the interview and actually like, you know, in the interview says, here's what I see on your offense. And here's what I see as I guess because it's a head coaching interview, so it's the entire team, not just the offense. But like, I don't know how much you can say that McDaniel's is the right guy as your head coach when you're still trying to navigate the waters of a GM for one. But two, you and I both agree that Rich Passaccia should have stayed. I I I get he was kind of a, a tie to Mayock. Mm-hmm. But Passaccia did more than enough to, to keep that job. 
in my eyes. And it, 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 that, that team needed a man manager as their coach. Yeah. I don't think McDaniels is a man manager. I just don't. I, I, I think he's more brains than he is man manager. I'm with you there. So right. we'll see how that unfolds in the next couple of days. I'm kind of surprised you haven't heard more about Jim Harbaugh ever since that kind of uh, started getting leaked out. We'll see. We'll see how close that is to actually getting done. Nothing yet, but that was fascinating uh, to come across today. Uh, to wrap out the head coaches here quick, uh, Giants, Brian Dable, popular guy. Giants complete their second interview with him. Uh, in my eyes, it's kind of a foregone conclusion. He ends up in New York, uh, especially with uh, Shone going there as well. Uh, I, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, but the Miami Dolphins are bringing in for a second interview as well. Uh, Dable, 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel is getting a second interview as well. Sounds like the Dolphins want to give a second interview to Kellen Moore, but we'll see if that actually happens. It sounds like Kellen Moore is going back to the Cowboys. So it sounds like it is down to Brian Dable and Mike McDaniel in Miami. And if I had to guess, Dable to New York, Mike McDaniel to Miami. And we'll we'll call it a day there. So that wraps out, oh man, all of the news and notes from around the league. And now... <laughs> Now we finally get to the bulk of our podcast. And this is going to be fun. Uh, we're going to take an early dive into our early, well, I should say way too early, 2022 fantasy football positional rankings. We're going to focus on running backs this week. Uh, we're, we'll do wide receivers next week, quarterbacks the following, uh, tight ends the week after that. But... We're going to go ahead and give you our way too early rankings. We're going to update these month by month. We'll do, a, I should say, we'll do a podcast around month by month of each of these rankings. I'll keep you updated all throughout the offseason. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, mostly because these rankings are still way too early. We're only speculating right now. We haven't even gotten to training camp and the draft to see what pieces are around these guys. So there won't be any rookies included in here because we don't know where any of the rookies are landing. But this is going to be fun. There's a lot of guys who I think we're all kind of surprised where we have them in our rankings as of right now. So no better way to transition. Let's just dive right into it. Our consensus, running back one, the 2022 NFL season, as of right now for fantasy football, Miles Sanders. I just I, I, I needed the pause for the people to just it. like groan or laugh quick. What I don't know, you probably found that painful. Whatever. No, it's not Miles Sanders. If you listen to this podcast from the get-go, we are anti-Miles Sanders. Uh probably a great guy. Miles Sanders, if you're listening to this, uh nothing against you. As fan fantasy football, though, we typically avoid you. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor is our number one overall running back going into the 2022 NFL season for fantasy football. Uh, I don't need to get much analysis here. The guy is arguably the best running back in the league right now. Like, not outside of fantasy. Like, NFL running back. Jonathan Taylor is arguably the best in the NFL. Anyway, we won't have that conversation, but he's the number one running back. Uh, that's There's nothing we need to discuss there, I don't think. I'd, he can only go up. He can only go <laughs> Right. That's the crazy thing. He may only be able to go up still. Like he can go down, but the path is still upward for how young he is in the offense he's on. So 
Uh, Jonathan Taylor, number one running back all across the board. Cameron has met one. Tyler has met one. I have met one. Running back two in our consensus rankings, Christian McCaffrey. Running back two for all of us across the board. I feel like having Christian McCaffrey this high is a super unpopular opinion right now, if I'm being honest. Because everything I've been seeing, nobody's going to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Like, people are like, ah, maybe back end of the first. Um, maybe back end of the first round. Ma- Excuse me? I don't know what you're thinking. If you're just, like, anti-injury, then you better, your first-round pick better be Joe Mixon. And he, and this is the first year he's played more than 15 games, 14 games, 13 games. Like I, if you're avoiding running backs in the first round because of injury, your first round pick is going to end up being someone that shouldn't be drafted until the end of the second round, early third round. I promise you, because of how many injuries there were to the position last year, you can't guess that stuff. I get if you want to like quote unquote fade a guy because of injury, but frankly, the only guys that weren't injured this past season that we still have in our consensus top 10. The only guy I would consider taking ahead of Christian McCaffrey is the guy we have at running back three, which is Austin Eckler. Like, I don't know what we're doing here. I seriously don't know what we're doing. So I, Chris McCaffrey too, still seems like a no brainer to me. And the reason he's not number one is because Jonathan Taylor didn't get injured. I think that's about it. That's yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, I needed, I needed to pop off on that. Cause that, that's just been boiling in my blood recently. I just have not understood the Chris McCaffrey hate. I'm like, Oh, maybe end of the first, man, don't give me that crap. <laughs> Better than that. I just, Chris McCaffrey isn't going to get hurt every single year of his career. He's not the Greg Oden of the NFL. I already kind of spoiled our running back uh, three in our rankings. Um, this might get flipped around a little bit. Uh, we we did these a little bit later, but that's okay. Uh, Austin Eckler slides in at number three. Cameron and I both have him at three. Tyler, you have him down at six. Uh, here, here's my question, though. Could Austin Eckler really be the most safe pick in the first round? For a running back. Could he be the most safe running back pick in the first round? I think I think that's a possibility. I mean, you look at, I don't know, you look at other names. I mean, obviously, like, let's exclude Jonathan Taylor because right. you know he's going to be number one, right? But from pick two until the end of your first round, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry... Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, and a multitude of other names. I Eckler showed this year it didn't like he got the rushing volume we've been waiting for in fantasy. Even though like it was fifty yards, he got goal line carries and stuff. Yes. Oh, he, twenty touchdowns this year. That was huge. That was huge. So that was the biggest thing in the past, right? That he was solely a pass catching guy. Well, this year he showed that he can, that if you give him the ball, he can and will be an efficient runner. So I think that statement of him being one of, I think I wouldn't go to the extent of the safest because that's just the safest. 
I would I would argue that Taylor's the safest, but I think Eckler is one of the safest for sure. I would consider him one A and one B. I think one A would go to Taylor and one B would go to Eckler. And that's kind of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So, look, I love Austin Eckler. Uh, I think he's probably worthy of a top five pick next year. Uh, I think, I think again, he's one too, where uh, imagine if he gets more rushing work <laughs> and not just receiving work, right? Uh, I, I think he's also probably the the running back to who, who will least likely get injured next year as well. Just with the amount of touches um, he's getting significantly less than some of these workload guys, right? So I think they manage his load better. And I think he, because of that, he might be a, arguably the safest option. Running back four across the board, Derek Henry. But here's my question. We have, we all have him as running back four on our list. Here, here's my question though. Is this, I feel like when I ask this question, I'm just jinxing the opposite to happen. Is this the year the wheels finally fall off for Derrick Henry? I shouldn't say finally. People were expecting it last year, and it didn't. So maybe yeah. I should say, is this year the year that the wheels fall off for Derrick Henry? I shouldn't put finally. See, you would think. He's right? hitting that you... carries threshold where running backs see that drastic, drastic drop-off. I mean, if you look at it from – you know, not necessarily a schematic viewpoint, but if you look at the entire Titans offense as a whole, they're, they're kind of heading into a, a, a dangerous territory with an aging quarterback because Ryan Tannehill is 33-34, and he just showed in the playoffs against Cincinnati, you may need to consider an upgrade. A, a change. Even a change, <laughs> even a yeah, even a change. So you've got him under center. Julio Jones is now is no name to shrug at. Name, no but name. He's, to shrug he's at. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that, and that <laughs> that's the respect that he deserves, <laughs> right? Um, but if you don't use him, he's just as good as your wide receiver six on your depth chart, right? Like just as good as Russell Gage. That offense was only good because of Derrick Henry. You're right. I mean, I don't know. Can we squeeze out one more year of it? I don't know if it'll be a top five year, but I think we can squeeze out a year. See, yeah. I would only be willing to bet one more year. I think the only reason why I've got him so high, though, is just because you know what he can do. So you have to respect it. I, I've got him so high because I don't want to doubt him. That's, that, that's mm-hmm. why. That's why. Running back five on our list. Dalvin Cook. Cam has him at running back six. I have him at running back five. Tyler, you have him up. At running back three. Uh, maybe the question I just need to ask is why? Why do you have him up as a top three back? Like I got a top five running back. I have him as a top five, but top three ahead of the other guys we mentioned. Uh, why is Dalvin Cook still top three running back to you? I think part of it is the new coach that's going to come in. And I swear if it isn't Raheem Morris, I will riot. Look, it sounds like. Uh, you know, you look at 
the Vikings Twitter feed, right? Or not Twitter feed, but Vikings Twitter world. Twitterverse, yeah, right. It looks like it's three guys. Kevin O'Connell, Rams OC. D'Amico Ryans, 49ers, Ooh, defensive know, coordinator. Boo. I don't want, I don't Ooh, want yeah, to. Yeah, that's right. Boo. Boo. <laughs> and then Raheem Morris, right? It's those three guys. Kevin O'Connell is the only one that really is specialized in offensive stuff. Raheem Morris has back, you know, has been with, you know, offenses before and stuff. But like, if you're looking for like an actual like offensive, you know, leader, Kevin O'Connell is that guy. Let's say in the hypothetical, you bring in Kevin O'Connell. I think he looks right at Dalvin Cook and says, oh, we need to use that like an Austin Eckler type. Sure. Right. That's part of it. Just this new coach that's coming in. I think that just kind of will. I mean, this is the whole Viking team too. It's just going to rejuvenate a lot of things. That's one. The other part of it. There's a lot of Kirk Cousins potentially being traded. There's Steve. too much wind of that though. There's so much wind of it that I don't buy a single cent of it. Exactly. But let's run with the hypothetical. Run with the hypothetical. If the Vikings do trade Kirk away, is it a guarantee that they actually get a better quarterback than Kirk? No. Oh, goodness. No. No, it's a downgrade automatically. That bodes well for Cook. Oh, 100%. So I feel like no matter how you look at it with Dalvin Cook, I I feel like it's a win-win regardless for him. He's going to give volume one way or another. I'm going to I'm going to bank on the upside like I said he would be more of like an Austin Eckler type. Maybe he doesn't get 20 carries a game, but he gets like 12-13 for like 60-70 yards, but then he's way more involved in the passing game than he was this past year. I I see and I and, and I didn't even mean like why do you have him in the top 3? Like I think it's totally valid. I, I, I could easily buy into that argument. Um, I think for me, I bake in a little bit of the injury history and okay, is this year that cook finally loses it? But every time he gets injured, he's like, all right, yeah, I'm good. I'll come back and play whatever. I, mm-hmm. Give me 48 hours. <laughs> I'll be yeah. back. Literally. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I, I seriously don't mind that at all. I think it's a total possibility for Dalvin cook as our number five running back going into the 2022 season. Number six. Oh, I love this. I am. I'm just going to take this one if you don't mind. I'm just going to take all this yours. One. All yours. Our running back six is DeAndre Swift. You and Cameron have him as running back five. I am as running back six. I'm not quite ready to push him into the top five, though. I think it could be a top three running back this year. Like I am buying into that narrative. Oh. I, I will be the one, like, I know we love DeAndre Swift. All of us love DeAndre Swift. So when I do, like, DeAndre Swift promo on TikTok, like, I'm not, like, just doing it because I love DeAndre Swift. Uh, we all, we do, all but, do. Like, I think <laughs> I might be the most bullish, even though my ranking is the lowest on him. And I try and do my rankings from the perspective of, like, where would I also realistically draft this player? Uh, not just where I think they'll finish, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But here's why DeAndre Swift can finish as a top five running back next year. I have, my, I have my argument painted for you, ready to go to convince you that you should draft DeAndre Swift with the first round pick. Number one, the first seven weeks of the year, DeAndre Swift was running back six. 
I may as well put case in point there and just end it. But, but <laughs> I will keep going. DeAndre Swift is arguably the best player on the Detroit Lions. I would say he is their best player. Uh, and frankly, I don't know how, how many other players you can debate that on the Lions. Don't give me Amon Ross St. Brown. That's no, no. DeAndre Swift is a great pass catcher. That's colossal for PPR. We saw it with Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler was running back two this year. Great pass catcher. Bodes extremely well for DeAndre Swift. The Lions were giving DeAndre Swift, even with Jamal Williams there, even with Jamar Jefferson there, they're giving him 20-plus touches. Why would that change going into next season? It's a whole offseason to heal up now. They rested him nearly four or five weeks to close out the season. He came back week 18, but whatever. I could care less about that. They rested that man to close out the season. He'll be fine coming into next year. I don't care what injuries he has lingering. He'll be fine. They'll give him 20-plus touches again. This team still lacks a solid passing attack, and they still lack a wide receiver one. You can say Amon Ra came into that at the end of the year. I He's not a stud wide receiver one, though. I'm looking at this like I'm looking at this as like Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman in Indy, right? I'm seeing DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift and Amon Ra in a very similar light. Because we saw we saw where Pittman would just go off. He was like wide receiver eight uh over the first like 10 weeks or something like that throughout the season. Uh, and then I'm like, watch, he's gonna drop off. And then what did he do? He dropped off. <laughs> so I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of parallels there. Lions also have $29 million in cap space to go out and get pieces around DeAndre Swift to make him succeed. Beef up the defense a little bit. Beef up the O-line a little bit. Penny Sewell came into his own at the end of the year. That was nice to see. They're going to make DeAndre Swift succeed. Top five. I should probably bump him up to running back five now that I've said that, but Uh, top five running back. I'm in. I'm, I'm in on DeAndre Swift next year. We all are. Well, and the best thing, he you may not even need to take DeAndre Swift in the top five. So, I don't know. Let's just say you grab someone by the name of like, oh, I don't know, Joe Mixon and the <laughs> round one. DeAndre Swift will probably be right there at the beginning of round two. He probably will. And you got two solid running backs for your fantasy season. he I seriously think he's going to be drafted like Jonathan Taylor this year. There's just going to be two polar opposites of I want everything to do with Swift or I want nothing to do with Swift. Or Mm -hmm. uh, with Jonathan Taylor, you know, input one or the other. So that's late first round. That's late first round, I think, you're looking at DeAndre Swift this year. Running back seven, Alvin Kamara. All across the board for us, running back seven. I think this just comes down to the Saints offense is pretty sad. <laughs> to put it nicely, they're pretty sad. <laughs> Sean Payton's gone. You lose you lose the guru there. Uh, Camaro was efficient this past year, but I, I don't know if he's that lock for a top three guy anymore. And I think that's it. Like, it's nothing against Camaro. I still think he's going to be good. I still think he's worthy of a first-round pick. I just don't trust him in the same capacity as I did two years ago. And that's it. That's it. It's nothing against Kamara. I still like him. I just think the ceiling is low. Lower. 
lower. Yeah. I mean, we're really going to get to see like how much I, I mean, obviously Sean Payton's gone. You were, you're really going to see how effective he really is as a running back without a coach putting him in the position to take, you know, to catch like six, seven screens a game, right? Like you're really going to see, dare I argue the true Alvin Kamara this coming year. Yeah. I think it's going to be a change. It's going to be a change from what we've been used to. And we're just going to have to accept it because this, this team just isn't as good and that's okay. Right. It's just, it's just natural regression. So Alvin Kamara's our running back seven. Our running back eight is Joe Mixon. False. Our running back eight is Najee Harris. I must have put these numbers in wrong. Our running back eight is Najee Harris. Uh, Cam has him at running back nine. Tyler, you and I have him as running back eight. Frankly, I think Najee Harris could outperform the rank we have for him. I think he could be top five this year. Um, but I, eight feels right. Eight feels right for where we have everybody else. I think he could outperform Kamara. Uh, I think he could outperform Swift. I think he could outperform, dare I dare I say, Dalvin Cook even. Maybe. I, I can see it. You can see it, right. It's not other relevant possibilities. Like Najee Harris has a path to be the number one running back in fantasy football. That's kind of how I see it. Mm-hmm. He just fits at eight right now. He's I Comfortably, I have him as running back eight. And I'm okay with that. And I think that's all we really need to say. It's nothing against Najee. He's going to have great volume. Uh, if they don't find a quarterback, he's going to get insane volume. That's it. That's it. I like Najee at eight, and I think that's where he comfortably fits. Our running back nine, Joe Mixon. Cam has him at running back eight. Tyler, you and I have him as running back nine. I'll ask you this. How is it that how likely is it that we see a repeat Joe Mixon season next year? Who? Um, I mean, you have to think going into this offseason, a big, if not the number one priority for the Bengals is to beef up the O-line. Oh, get that man Joe Burrow some help. By helping Joe Burrow it benefits Joe Mixon. Yes. So I think, I mean, it's always hard, no matter who you are. You could literally be Adrian Peterson. You could literally be Walter Payton. You could literally be Barry Sanders. It's always difficult to repeat the level of production that you had the year before. Um, but what the Bengals did this year has been working. Clearly, because they're in the AFC Championship. <laughs> Why would you change anything? Right? You should really only be looking if you're the if you're Cincinnati, only be looking to help your offense out. And by I mean, no matter how you help out your offense, it's gonna help out Mixon. So I think it's more of a possibility than it is an un, you know, I, I think it's more of a possibility than it being unrealistic that Mixon could you know produce just like he did this year i think i hold the opinion that the only path to joe mixon having a shot at repeating is if they beef up the o-line 
So I, I think we said the same thing. I think you just sound more optimistic on it and I sound more pessimistic on it. <laughs> uh, but I think that just kind of cooked into his, his draft position. So, or his ranking, not draft position, goodness, draft position into his ranking for us. Running back 10, David Montgomery. Cameron and I have him at running back 10. Tyler, you have him at running back 14. Uh, and I'm going to guess this is partially because of Eberflus. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Nothing about that hire made me, and I might need, even need to fix my rankings now, because now that I read David Montgomery at 10, I was really hoping they'd bring in, like, I, again, Dan Quinn has at least coached a successful offensive team. He's a defensive mind, but he's at least coached a successful offensive team. So I... I'm going to need to change my ranking, but your Montgomery at 14 for you has to do with Eberflus. Yeah. I mean, I think it's still a possibility that he could be like a, a low end RB one, right. That 10 to 12 finish, range. If he could finish top 12 with Maggie. Right. <laughs> right. Like there's really no reason why he can't finish there again. Um, but that offensive line that Chicago has one of the more underrated lines, and that's going to go through a lot of change. Jason Peters is a free agent. James Daniels is a free agent. Sam must Mustafer is a free agent. Uh, Larry Borum is, was a guy that played this year. He really showed his true colors towards the end of the year. He's really not that good. And um, I'm blanking on, uh, who they just took in this year in this past year's draft out of Oklahoma State Jenkins? Uh, Evan yes. Jenkins, yes, yep, Jenkins, yep. He struggled. He, oh, he, he, like, he, he struggled. He did. So, I don't, I mean, obviously, you know, the new coach may signal, hey, you know, or whoever the new offensive coordinator is, let's get some pressure off of Justin Fields plate, which means that goes to the running back. Uh, a running back can only do so much as much as offensive line, you know, does. Yeah. He goes as far as the offensive line does. And if they can't, they can't, uh, you know, they don't have a sufficient offensive line next year. It's going to be real. It's going to look real, real ugly in Chicago. And it's going to come and <laughs> Justin Fields is going to, be a detriment of that which i i said from the get-go i wasn't a huge justin fields guy coming into the league because he's an ohio state product and name me the last ohio state quarterback that succeeded in the nfl uh, i'll give you a hint uh you have to go back quite a few years um but man i i i feel bad because he showed signs of greatness this year i want him to succeed but uh i'm behind you there i'm definitely behind you uh, on that opinion running back 11 for us Javante Williams. I'm excited <laughs> about this name. Uh, I am. Javante Williams is one of my three love languages. Jamar Chase is my first. Gabriel Davis is my second. Javante Williams is my third. No love for Jalen Waddle. There's apparently no love for Jalen Waddle anywhere. He's fourth. In this he's fourth. Don't worry. He's world. fourth. <laughs> I love Jalen Waddle, but he's he, he's fourth. 
He's third on the Jersey list, but but fourth in, fourth in love language. Third, third in my Jersey list, but fourth in my heart. Right, right. It is what it is. <laughs> oh, Cameron hasn't met running back 11. You and I have met running back 12. Uh, one word answer. Word? You'll understand the point of my question. One word answer. Uh-huh. Should Melvin Gordon leave? And that's baked into our ranking. What's Javante Williams' ceiling for fantasy? Should Melvin Gordon leave Denver? What's the ceiling? RB what? Somewhere between five and ten for me. I mean, running back five is super duper high. So I'd say like seven, eight. I would say running back five is my ceiling. Um, I was I was I was ready to get real hot takey and say running back three, but I, I think with, with, with the other guys you have up there, I think running back five is the ceiling. I mean, I mean, if this year happens again, next year where running backs just drop like flies for whatever reason, Javante could find himself in the he top could, three. Right. He could find himself top three for that very reason. I a hundred percent agree with that. So we, we, we love Javante. We'll get more into Javante as the offseason progresses. And part of the reason I don't want to talk about him too much is because there is a lot of uncertainty around him, but we'll speculate. If he leaves if he leaves uh, Denver, I think he's a five to seven option. So or, look, look, his it, ceiling is five to seven. If you really want to make us fellas happy, right, and if you're in a fantasy draft with us, let us draft Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, and Javante Williams. Uh, you'll, you'll be you'll our... Get- Free, free, free subscription to our content for life. <laughs> I can't. I can't I, I'm just kidding. That's not real. That's not a real offer. <laughs> That's it's not real. I swear. But I, I'm telling you, like, we're high on DeAndre Swift. We're high on Javante Williams. We're high on Christian McCaffrey because Clearly, I don't know why somehow, you need to say that, but somehow we're actually high on Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> I can't right, believe but that. Like, but. Anyways, uh, let's keep cruising. We don't have much time left, and we still have the second half of the running backs to get through. Uh, running back 11 is Nick Chubb on our list. Uh, Cam Asma is running back 16. Taylor has been running back 10. I've been running back 11. I get Cam's pessimism. I think Kareem Hunt does have something to do with that. Uh, and I'm wondering if I need to bump Nick Chubb down in my rankings a little bit. But at the same time, he's one of the best pure rushers in the NFL. And when he breaks off a run, he breaks off a run uh, and it goes for a touchdown, right? When he breaks off a big one, he, you're, you're not bringing him down. You're not catching him. He's gone. He's scoring a touchdown. Um, I, I want to ask the question though, as long as Kareem Hunt is in Cleveland, like is that running back 10 to 11 range, his ceiling? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the more I th- like, I think one of the biggest reasons why Nick Chubb maybe looked at this after this year as a little bit of a bust, maybe a disappointment just didn't seem like they Cleveland offense was as, was as explosive as we've seen it before with Nick Chubb ripping off like 60 yard runs and stuff like that. Right. Like I don't think you can pin that on Nick Chubb though. I don't know. You can't, you can't pin it on Nick Chubb. So I guess the reason why I've got him pretty much at his ceiling is I'm banking on Kevin Stefanski 
just figuring it out, whatever it is. Was it Odell? Was it Baker? Was it Lord knows what? Was it injuries? Because Chubb was injured for, or I shouldn't say he was injured, but he had he had COVID for a little bit, but like it just came at the wrong time with that offense. And like, it just, it just was never the same. Yeah. So I don't know. You give them an off season, you know, I guess you give the Browns an entire off season to recuperate a little bit. I think we can see a little bit of a, I wanted this Nick Chubb last year. <laughs> right. Right. I, Nick Chubb's so tough because I you he's one where when you draft him next year, you know what you're going to get out of Nick Chubb. It's just a matter of, is he going to exceed what you know you're going to get out of Nick Chubb? And I think that's where I struggle with Nick Chubb a little bit. Mm-hmm. Running back 12 on our list. I'm doing some quick math. Well, it's a tie between these two, so we'll just go with the order I have it on my list. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is our running back 12 going into next season. Cam and I have him as running back 14. Ty, you have him as running back 15. Look, I get he was playing on a partially torn PCL this year. I know he finished as a top six running back. But I'm here to tell you that there is also a ton of injuries to the running back position this year. So much so that there were probably four or five other running backs who probably should have finished ahead of Ezekiel Elliott this year, which would push him to outside of the top 10 running backs. So the fact we have him at 12, I think is probably right based on next season. I think it's about right, frankly. Um, I don't know if he goes up because Tony Pollard is still a thing. I also don't know if he gets worse because if he's playing on a partially torn PCL, well, shoot, I wouldn't like to think it gets any lower if he comes back healthy next year is more efficient. But I don't know. We don't know what we're getting with Zeke, really. Um I think I'm fine with drafting him like middle of the second round next year around that running back 12 range. That's probably where I'm comfortable drafting him as right now. Yeah. I mean, it looked like the Cowboys offense and more specifically Kellen Moore than the offense struggled at being a balanced offense. Right. And what I mean by balance is not necessarily by like plays called, but more so like whose number are you going to call? This is going to be a little bit of a bold and hot take. I real actually, I'm not even going to put it as a hot take or bold take. I'm just going to say straight up. Cause it's just the facts. Cedric Wilson has no business being on the, on the football field. When you've got guys like CD lamb, Amari Cooper, Zeke, Dalton Schultz, like, it was good to like, I mean, Cedric Wilson Purdue, Cedric Wilson produced a little bit this year, but like, again, he has no business. When you look at the caliber of receivers and weapons that they have elsewhere. Right. I, right. I just, I think Kellen Moore it just needs to go back to basics. Stop, stop trying to be so smart. Try stop trying to be so in, you know, even if it's a split backfield between Zeke and Pollard, there's a way to make that work. Right. With your weapons on the outside. Simplify it. Go back to the basics. I guarantee you, if Kellen Moore goes back to the basics next year, he's 100% booked for an NFL job, a head coaching job. I think you just try to get cute this year. It's like feed feed your guys the ball. Feed Zeke the ball. Feed CeeDee Lamb the ball. Good things happen when you feed your best players the ball. Shoot, the Minnesota Vikings 
finally figured it out with Justin Jefferson. Feed him the ball and good things are going to happen for your football team. That's it. It's not a hard equation. So if he goes back to that, I think he absolutely will be be uh, booked for a head coaching job next year. I agree. Uh, running back. I forget what running back we're on. Saquon Barkley's the next running back. Well, I'll go back and recount. Saquon Barkley next falls in our rankings after Zeke. Uh, Chubb was 11. Zeke was 12. Saquon is 13. Tyler, man, you have him higher than Cameron and I. Cam has him at 17. I have him at 15. You have him at 11. Uh, here's what I, the, normally we do this with Cameron when he has like a super like out there ranking that you and I are like, Whoa, don't know how we feel about that one. And we just give him like 30 seconds to give us the argument. Mm-hmm. Give me your Saquon Barkley argument as a top 12 running back next year, 30 seconds or less. 30 seconds or less starting now. Now, <laughs> Brian Dayball is more than likely the new head coach. He's got some offensive background. He recognizes, hey, when you've got talent, you should use it. Hence, Stefan Diggs. Hence, Dawson Knox this year. Hence, Gabe Davis this year, right? Like, he gets, you need to get your guys the ball. The Giants also have two picks inside the top 10 at five and number seven. Beef up that O-line. You're not going to take two O-linemen with those picks? One of them has to be, though. One of them will for sure be. And they've got money to spend a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Go sign another lineman. Beef up the old line. Give him Brian Dayball. I think we can see a little bit of a Saquon resurgence after this or this upcoming year. I like that. I do. I can accept that argument, especially as a Saquon Barkley manager in Dynasty. Uh, I can. I can get. I can get behind that. That that was music to your ears, wasn't it? Oh, it was. It was. I'm not going to say anything more. I'm just going to say uh, I'm a little bit more sheepish, but uh, you know what? I accept your argument. So uh, <laughs> running back 14 on our list. Man, Cameron really skews some of these next ones. Cameron, when you go back and listen to this, I'm telling you what, you skewed these next <laughs> rankings, man. You skewed these next two rankings hardcore because the next guy in our rankings is Cam Akers. Oh, running back oh. 14. Tyler, Tyler, you, Tyler, you and I are thinking along the same path here, right? You have him as running back 18. I have him as running back 19. Cam's got him as a top 12 guy. Uh, and I'm no going to spoil way. something. I'm going to, I'm going to spoil. He, he's running back 12. Cameron. I'm going to spoil something <sighs> for you. Cam has him on his dynasty team. <laughs> Cam has Cam on his dynasty team. Uh, I don't have, I, I can't speak Cameron's argument for him because I don't know if I fully agree with it. Um, Cam Akers was look great. He's look great coming off of his, uh, coming off of his Achilles injury earlier this year. I, I don't buy him. As a, th- this is where we would give Cameron his 30 seconds to make his Cam Akers case. And by the end of it, we're like, well, I can't say any, any part of your take is wrong. I just don't know if I'm that bullish. Uh, and Cam is very bullish on Cam Akers. So, um, I'll leave it at that. We'll move on to the next guy who Cameron, you skewed very drastically. Um, oh, no. oh, oh, oh no. I can. What? Did you make a mistake? No, I'm just worried who this player is going to be. It's Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> hey, actually, that's not that bad. It's, it's Elijah bad. Mitchell. Um, but you and I have Elijah Mitchell as running back 13. Cameron has Where did he put him? 20. 
Cameron. But, 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 okay, I'm going to play Cameron's case for him because I know why he has went running back 20. Okay. It's the same reason I had Elijah Mitchell before we came on this podcast and I did all my edits today. He, it's the same reason why I had Elijah Mitchell as running back 17. It's because we don't know, like, there's no confirmation that Elijah Mitchell is for sure the guy next season. I know Raheem Mostert's a free agent. Um, I, I, I don't think they'll bring him back. I don't see why they'd have a reason to go out and sign a running back. The question is, does Kyle Shanahan want to keep using Elijah Mitchell? Because it's like we've seen a running back carousel in San Francisco because injury or not for the last four years. So I get it. We don't know if Elijah Mitchell is the guy for sure yet. I'm going to say that he is. My guess is that you're saying that he's going to be the guy. Yeah. Running back 13. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think Cameron is just, you know, pumping the brakes a little bit. And I can understand that. However... Elijah Mitchell is the guy. Let's pretend that he is. Let's pretend Elijah Mitchell's the guy. He's a top 15 running back. I don't think we need to say anything more. Uh, good no, but I just clicked the wrong button on my computer. Running back 16, uh, 17, excuse me, 17, 18, 19, 20. Running back 17, Antonio Gibson. Uh, and this this works out well. Uh, this is another one. Okay, Cameron, I, I lied. This is three, but Tyler and I balance it out. Because we, Tyler and I, you and I have been running back 17. Cam has been running back 13. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get the argument. I'm behind the argument. You know me. I love Antonio Gibson. I love me some Antonio Gibson. Yeah. I just need to see some consistency from him first. I need to see him not injured. I need to see him, like, actually give me consistent 13, 14, 15, 16, 17-point games. I, I can't have none of this. 20 point and then all oh, the next week actually you know what i'm playing hurt so here's four points now now here's the question do you think that's gibson or do you think that's the oc yes <laughs> i i do think it's both. I, do, I do think it's a little <laughs> bit of both um i mean we did see gibson with lingering injuries throughout the course of this year i i can't True. say that didn't play a factor i also think part of it is the oc though so i i don't hate gibson at 17 i i think it's about appropriate you and I have him at 17. Um, I'm worried it might be a little low. But again, I look at some of these other names. I just, I can't put Gibson ahead of those guys. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Running back 18, we have J.K. Dobbins. Tyler, you and Cameron have him, have him as running back 18. I have him outside of my top 20. I have J.K. Dobbins at running back 22. I've never been a fan of J.K. Dobbins. Um, I've never been the guy who's willing to go after J.K. Dobbins in any draft. I just don't see it. Uh, the ta- I, Let me rephrase. I see the talent. I don't see the opportunity. I don't see the opportunity for him to be a top 20 running back. But because you have him inside your top 20, give me the top 20 argument for J.K. Dobbins. Um, well, let me save face a little bit because – I recently updated my rankings, not on the spreadsheet, but I have him at 22 as well. He's okay. just outside, or like he's. Well, you don't need to give back. me the top 20 argument then, because uh, because <laughs> well, like, then, then you and I are on the same path here. We're thinking well, like I can, I can understand the top 20 argument a little bit. Um, <laughs> a lot of his scoring his rookie year came off of goal line carries and stuff. Yes. And then going into, or I guess, you know, off-season ramping up and stuff and going into training camp and stuff, the reports were he's going to get more involved in the passing game. 
Lenny gets hurt and then he's out for the year and then we don't really get to see J.K. Dobbins. Um, that offense is high powered, especially with Lamar in it. Lamar just kind of opens it up for everybody. Yep. So I think if you continue the goal line carries and maybe you give him a couple receptions a game, you he could turn what was a low end running back to finish into mid high end running back two. So it's not it's not a super drastic jump, but it's enough to notice like, you know, if he can pick up two extra points a game, right, just off of receptions alone. That'd do wonders for his seven, value. He'd crack right, out. Yeah. Right. Over over 17 games, that's 34 points. That's without yards. Right. So I think I think putting Dobbins inside of the top 20 is more so on the hope that he gets an expanded role in passing game and all that jazz. And I'm with you there. I, I And coming off of an injury, I think that's why I keep him outside of my top 22. I just don't think it's going to be like you know, spring chicken, J.K. Dobbins coming off of injury. So I get it, but also I'm keeping J.K. Dobbins out of my top 20. Mm-hmm. Running back 19, we have Josh Jacobs. Kim has him as running back 22. I have him as running back 20. Tyler, you have him as running back 16. And frankly, I don't hate that you have him there. We were pretty like, we were pretty anti Josh Jacobs last offseason. What does he do? He finishes as running back 12 this year. And granted, again, that's what all sorts of running back injuries and whatnot this year. But what we saw out of Josh Jacobs at the end of last season, I have a lot of hope. And frankly, I've been able to get him at a pretty good price in mock drafts recently. I don't know what your thoughts are on him and having him inside, uh, like solidified, like closer to 15 than 20. Is just from what we see at the end of the year. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I guess like you consider what we talked about earlier that the Raiders are interviewing Josh McDaniels. You bring in Josh McDaniels. Oh, tremendous! As, right, like as much as it would confuse us, it would only help Josh Jacobs. And I think what we saw this year, he got a lot more work in the receiving game, and that may have just been because Kenyon Drake went down with an injury and stuff, but like. Jacob showed that he's capable of handling a receiving workload. And then on top of that, he, he looks good running the football. Like, yeah, his he looks real year, good. His rookie year. It, I don't know if you could give him the timid label a little bit, but you can tell that like he, he was still trying to find footing a little bit. He found his footing this year and he, he made people pay. Yeah, with speed, with aggressiveness, with physicality, like Josh Jacobs really took a, a a good leap forward this year, and I'm kind of expecting that to happen next year, regardless of who the coach is. But if it's it's all, I would almost book it if it's an offensive mind like Josh McDaniels or someone like that. Heck, even if Jim Harbaugh, oh, hundred percent, yes, like yes. Josh Jacobs, yeah. like his value shoots to the moon for me. If Harbaugh or McDaniels or one of those guys becomes the coach. I a hundred percent agree. And again, Jacobs is one of those guys where again, I just, I look at my list and I don't know if I'm ready to put him ahead of some of those guys, but come, come may, I might be ready to, because I, I, 
I think, look, the path ahead for Josh Jacobs, I think, is only better without Gruden. So I, I can get behind that 100%. Last guy we have, running back 20. It took us a while to get here, but it's Aaron Jones. Cam has him as running back 23. You have him as running back 21. I have him as running back 16. 16. It's his passing game volume for me. It's his passing game volume. I can't keep a guy outside of my top 20 if he's getting as much work in the passing game as Aaron Jones is. Now, I understand that might change if Rodgers is gone, right? Like, I you know, might have to you know, recheck my, my thought process, but I, if he's scoring, if he's scoring receiving touchdowns and getting receiving work in PPR leagues, it, he's splitting work with A.J. Dillon? In, in my mind, then, he's still more valuable than A.J. Dillon. It brings his value down, but it, so is the reason you have uh, Aaron Jones outside of your top twenty because of AJ Dillon. I think that's part of it. Sure. I think the other part of it is the running game just never got going for the Packers this year. It never did. No. And unless, I mean. The only hope that Aaron Jones has, in my opinion, is if LaFleur puts the emphasis back on the run. That's why he was so relevant the past couple of years, right? Like he finished his RB1 one year, but that's because he led the league in touchdowns. He finished as a top five running back the year after that because he got volume, right? That's his only hope is if he gets volume. And But right. for whatever reason, LaFleur kind of, backed off of the running back volume this year a little bit. Like I, it looks strange. It looked good for Rogers because Rogers arguably had another MVP season, but yep. like, I, I like it's a, you have, you just have no idea what Matt LaFleur is going to draw up for the upcoming year. No. Uh, and, and we'll see. I think a lot of it does depend on where Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams end up too. So, again, my running back 16 may turn to running back 20 in a hurry. Um, but he as may, of right now, may, I'm he, still holding out. Yeah, he may have to run against, like, nine-man boxes, right? Like. He might. <laughs> he might. So, I'm, I'm I'm holding out a little bit of hope. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just, but just a teeny bit. Those are our top 20 running backs, way too early, top 20 running back rankings. Again, we'll be updating those as the offseason goes on. We'll be letting you all know how those change throughout the offseason as well. Tyler, to close out the episode, we're already, we're already running a little bit overtime, but oh boy. conference championship oh boy. Sunday. We have four teams. We're down to the final four. Let's make our picks. Mm-hmm. Don't really have much time for analysis, so let's just make the picks. Bengals Chiefs, who you got? Chiefs in a close one. I am with you. I have Chiefs in a close one going to the Super Bowl. Chiefs are my pick to win the Super Bowl, by the way. Um, I we we put, Ooh, this on the, we put this how, on the podcast. How too. original! <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, if I'm right, I'm right. Haters gonna hate. Forty <laughs> ers Rams. Who you got? Can I ask a clarifying question? Yes, you can ask a clarifying question. Is it who I want or who I think will win? Uh, who you who you think will win? Niners. I got that bad taste in my mouth too. I still think the Rams can pull it out. 
I, I, I don't want to say it. <laughs> I don't want to see a Chiefs Chiefs Niner Super Bowl. Uh, what would yeah. be great? I think it'd be great if we saw like a Bengals Niner Super Bowl. Just like these two teams are just like, why are you here? Right. Oh, because you beat the best teams. Uh, oh, okay. Um, that's a little more interesting, but I still the Rams defense has just been. Oh, it's been so much fun to watch. I know Brady, you know, put up a 24 point comeback, but part of that was because of the offense. Let's be real. Good field position did wonders for Tampa Bay. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have, I'm trying to remember all the blunders that happened in that game. (laughs) There's the, the botch snap that was like at like what the 25 30 and it went back to like midfield. Yep. (laughs) Can't make her fumble. Can't make twice. Twice. Like, just goofy mistakes that are fixable. So, man, I just, I'm praying, like you said, we don't see a Niners Chiefs Super Bowl again. Like, please, please. Chiefs Rams would be so fun. It, it, it'd just be, it'd be Mahomes Mahom Stafford slinging it out. Yeah. I mean, or like I would be okay with chiefs Rams or Bengals versus either team. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Those are conference championship weekend picks. This is going to be a fun weekend. That's going to be a fun weekend. That wraps out uh, this episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. Thanks for hanging around with us for a little while tonight. Uh, ran a little bit long, but hey, you know what? We had a lot to cover today. Stinking NFL coaches getting hired. Why must we have head coaches in the NFL getting hired? Ah, blast them. What's the, what's the point of a head coach? <laughs> <laughs> oh, make sure to, to subscribe to the podcast. Turn on notifications so you know whenever we are dropping a brand new episode make sure to follow us on the socials as well uh you know what for the first time for the first time i'm gonna drop our personal socials on here hey i'm gonna drop our personal socials socials uh on twitter you can follow me uh at lucas wenzel l-u-c-a-s-w-e-n-c-l no spaces no underscores no anything tyler plath tyler underscore plath underscore underscore gotta remember the underscore uh, Cameron, you can find at CamLaw317. You can find the Fantasy Football Fellas on there too, at FFFellas. On Instagram, the FFFellas. Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Fantasy Football Fellas there. Been exploding on TikTok, 26.8 thousand followers. That's almost 1,000 since last week. That's, all I'm gonna That's say. what I'm talking about. That's all I'm what I'm say. talking about. 1,000 since our last episode. <laughs> so we're going nuts on there. Give us a follow over there as well for more daily fantasy football content. Tyler, any last thoughts before we close out the episode here? Hmm. Vikings just hire Raheem Morris and the world is, is right for once. Vikings hire Raheem Morris and NBA cancel fan voting. Thanks for tuning in to the another episode <laughs> of the fantasy football fellas podcast. Oh, Cameron. Because I'm jealous of how much you're enjoying the sunny state of Florida right now. Uh, Normally I would say in spirit, but I know you're just soaking in the sun out there. Got a drink and you got a couple drinks and let's be real. Probably double fisting. Let's be real. (laughs) 
Let's be they, real. Found, they found the tiki bar and they're they going did. hard on oh they 100 percent did they 100 percent did it's strawberry daiquiris baby <laughs> two stooges being dudes deuces deuces